Welcome to the Prayer Room Podcast, a place to reflect, connect, and grow in faith together. We're happy you're joining us today, and we hope you're blessed. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining us on another podcast on the Prayer Room. We have with us Elliot, Abraham, Jose, and last but not least, missing last time, Calvin. Yeah. Uh, today we're going to go into uh, the book of Galatians, and we're going to be speaking on a on the topic of you reap what you sow. If I were to title, if I were to title this, I would call it "You Didn't Even Know." And um, I want to go into this into Galatians, and we're going to be in chapter six. I want to just give a quick background in regards to what is happening in, in, in Galatians, the people are struggling between being free in Christ, but also not knowing if they're free in Christ. You know, they're free in Christ, but still struggling with the law. They're free in Christ, but not knowing how much to keep, what not to do and what to do. Is circumcision valid? All of these things. And, and so they're struggling between, if I'm free in Christ, can I do everything? Or what does being free in Christ mean, you know? And, and, and that's a topic on its own that maybe we can touch on sometime. But one thing I want to touch on quickly is that just because we're free in Christ, that doesn't mean we should do everything, you know, because we're free in Christ doesn't mean we have self-control to choose the things we do and the things to glorify God. And so those are the things that are, that are going on here. And when we go into chapter five, the, uh, I'm just going to touch on a, on a quick verse. So you understand where, where the writer's coming from. And it's in chapter five, verse Verse 14, he says, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And so he's letting these folks know, hey, man, you the, the, this struggle with the law, the whole law is fulfilled when you love your neighbor as yourself. When we go over to Galatians chapter six, verse two, it carries on with the theme. It says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. So he's letting these folks know like, hey, this freedom in Christ. It, the law of Christ is fulfilled by when you love one another and when you carry each other's burdens. And then there's this shift that happens and he goes like this. Now we're going to go to verse three. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. He's not saying that there aren't people that are somethings. Just when, if there's people who claim to be something when they are not, they're actually deceiving themselves. And look at what he goes on to say. He says, each one should test their own actions. Test your own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. It is easy to think you're somebody when you're comparing yourself to a nobody. You know? Hmm. Now, now, I'm now, forgive me for calling somebody a nobody, but I'm sure you know what I mean, right, guys? Hmm. So, so the, I think the measure of being something is the actions then because not just titles and positions and whatever that you can call anyone. Cause I think what Paul is saying with Galatians six is that the measure of being someone, he says, if anyone thinks they are something, but they are nothing or they, or they are not that thing, they deceive themselves. Therefore, or the connecting part is each one should test their own actions. Right. Our, our actions is how we determine if we're the thing we're claiming to be. Perfect. Yeah. And, 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 and he says, uh, and he says, they should, you should test your own action. Look at your own self in the mirror, Mm. you know, 
It says, then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. I, I remember uh, sharing this with Elliot. I said to Elliot, I said, everybody runs a different race. If I compare myself to someone that comes from a different lifestyle than me, it, it is unfair for that. We can always compare ourselves to people that are either worse or better, which make us feel worse or better, you know? But Paul mm -hmm. says, hey, hey, test your own action. So I want to ask you as a question, how do you test your own action? How, how do you do that? How, how have you done that to test your own action? Depends on, on what you're trying to do, right? Right. There's a, there's a measure of success, whether you achieve your goal, whether you achieve, I guess, maybe the end result. All right. Any other thoughts on that? How would you test your own action? It's easy for us to test other people's actions, isn't it? It's easy for me to say, Matt Elliott, you're slacking. Calvin, you're lazy. Jose, you're this. Brad, you're that. How come it's so easy for me to do it to other folks, but how come I can't do it to myself? Mm. So by testing, you mean like judging my actions, like the motivation for, for what it is that I do? If that's how you take it, sure. Test your actions. An action is an action that you do, Jose, right? Why are you doing it? Yeah. Why do you do what you do? Are you doing what you say you do? Well, I, I guess, yeah, that, that's the way that I, that I understand your question. And for me personally, I think um, it always comes down to my motivation, like the why of what, like, why is it that I do what I do? Yeah. Uh, and for me, that's something that I, I always try to ask myself before I do what I do. And even when I do something and I didn't think about that, at times I'm reaping, as, as I know that this is a discussion today, I'm, I'm reaping the result of what it is that I did whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Right. And then I, I think to myself, like, like, why did I do that? You know, I, um, I don't know. I, I guess it's, it's part of my journey so far. It's just like the why, like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Right. And I really want to add this in there. And thank you for mentioning that, Jose's. Do we do what we say we're going to do? You know, and do we hold ourselves accountable to that? If you said you're going to start eating healthy, do you look in the mirror and say, I do do that? Mm -hmm. Are you confident to have a light shine on you and, and find out that you actually, you actually walk the walk and talk the talk? Or are we very insecure of what we say that we are going to do that we're afraid to say it to people publicly because they won't believe us because we're so inconsistent, you know? Or do we do what we say we're going to do? And so when he says each one should test your own action, test yourself, man. Do you do what you say you're going to do? And, and yeah. I like what you added, Jose. Why do I do what I do? You know, because I found this, I was in a counseling session earlier today and I said, there's great victory in knowing that we do what we say we're going to do. There's a sense of confidence that comes when we do what we say we're going to do. And we're consistent in doing the things that we say we're going to do. If you go to the gym five times a week and you say you're going to go to the gym five times a week, there's a sense of confidence you feel on the sixth day. You know what I'm saying? Well, definitely. Definitely. And right. what you mentioned just now reminded me of uh, something that I read in a book called uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh -huh. And that's actually one of the things that they mentioned there. The reality that everybody has like an emotional bank account. And, and when you say something and you fulfill it, then it's like you're adding money to that personal Correct. bank account. Your that you confidence. Have. So, so we, you know, we make promises to other people. I'm going to do this for you. Yeah. And, and we come through with those things. But right. Uh, what about the promises that I make to myself? Like, I'm going to do right. this. I'm going to do that. And how do right. I follow through? That's, that's how I put or, or take away from that uh, emotional bank account, as the book calls it. 
Beautiful. And the whole the whole transition between the law to Christ became a heart issue. You know that? It became a heart issue. Because it is easy for me to never cheat on my wife physically, you know, but Christ comes and says, if you lust at a woman in your heart, you've already committed adultery. This whole thing becomes a heart issue. And when Paul moves it here, he says, man, test your own action. Is it, why do you do it? Are you doing what you need to be doing? Are you doing what God is asking you to be doing? You know, are you taking accountability to the things that is expected from you as well? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think, I think there's an importance of, of understanding our state of mind and our intentionality behind what we do. For sure. Because like you said, right, like the commandments are about a heart issue because you right. can do, I mean, you re- read it in the Bible or you can, you read it again and again and again, people are doing the right thing in Correct. terms of their actions, but yeah. their state of mind or their intentionality isn't in the right place. Exactly. Like you can, you can give money away. You can be charitable, but if yeah. your intention is to profit from that charity, or if your intention is to appear good, or if your intention is to gain publicity off of your charity, then the charity becomes null and void with the, with the selfish intentions. Right. I think that that's like, Paul is kind of getting to that too. When he says to test our actions is that it's not just about what the end goal or what the outcome of our action is. Cause we can test it that way too. Right. But for there is, and obviously there are some, actions that yes are simplistic so just the end goal is enough but there are other actions that are a little more complex and require us to understand our state of mind require us to understand what we're doing and like i know just in my personal walk with god there are things that aren't a sin to me but god has told me not to do those things because Mm -hmm. because they're my reasoning behind doing that thing or whatever you know what i mean like God has told me like, it's not wrong, but your state of mind isn't to be in that place. And, or it takes you to a wrong state of mind. Exactly. Too, right. So I want to, I want to move from this, and wanna, but he says, then you can take pride in, then they can take pride in themselves alone. I want to point this out to y'all is that it's okay to take pride in yourself. You know, often yeah, sometimes in the church, we're afraid of pride and we're also afraid of confidence because we confuse confidence for cockiness and pride is a sin. Oh, that guy's cocky. It's not, you're only saying that because his his or her confidence brings out your insecurity. You understand? And 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 when we're insecure and someone secure walks in the room, it's like a shot light shining on us. It brings out our insecurity. And what we were quickly to do is we judge that person. Oh, she only looks good because she's got fake nails, you know? Oh, she looks good because she's only got you know, or oh, he, he he's only like that because of this. And and we bring people down because of our insecurity. But here says, hey, hey, no, no, no. When you test yourself and you take account of yourself, you can actually be proud of yourself. You know? Yeah, there's so, nothing wrong with, with rejoicing in what God has blessed you with. Right. I think where we go wrong is when we start comparing ourselves to others. That's right. right. When and we, that's why... When we, take from others or when we devalue others right. because of what we have, you know, yeah, exactly. like that's why he says without it. comparing themselves to someone else. Right. Yeah. Cause if I compare myself to, to the next man, depending who I'm comparing myself to, I'm either great or less, you know, I would like to add something though. Now that we cool. brought this point up, go ahead. If that's cool. If that's cool. Of course, <laughs> yeah. No, I, something just came to my mind. Abraham just mentioned, you know, that it's like a hard issue, right? It's like what, what Elliot mentions, you know, he has mentioned that several times here. It's not a hard issue. But for me personally, uh, this is something I was talking to my wife the other day about. I actually like to compare myself to other people. Because, mm. for example, today I was working out and I guess I'm doing a shadow here. There is a, a, a girl that I follow. Well, I don't follow her, but I like to do her videos online. We're all in lockdown and we have to work out at home and stuff. Her name is Pamela. And no guy 
Athlete X, Next Workouts, like all these guys, none of them challenged me as much as Pamela Reef. So I intentionally put myself in her page to follow her so that I can, you know, she's like my goal, you know? And when I get to her goal, which I know is still far away from me, I'm going to try to look for somebody else that can push me to grow, you know? So, so in a way, I compare myself to her and I put myself where she is, you know, so that I can work towards where she is so that then I can, you know, continue moving forward from there. You know what I yeah. mean? So I, I do. I know exactly what you mean, Jose, and I want to answer it into two points. Number one, it's okay what you're doing because you're not comparing to bring someone down. You're comparing to bring yourself up. Right. There you go. There okay? you, go. you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. if, of course, I, hey, man, this girl, she's strong. I want to be like her. I want to, if she can do 10, can I compare myself to do 10 too? You know what I mean? You're, you're comparing yourself. You're holding her at a high level and you're doing what you got to do to be like her. This is a good thing. I believe comparison is a good thing within a certain umbrella. Number right. two, you should only compare yourself to people that are also similar to you. You know, when I was 25 years old, I remember comparing myself to Drake. <laughs> Drake said he had 25 million at 25 years old. I was 25 and had 40,000 in student loan debt and at, and at university. <laughs> yeah. And I remember the Lord speaking to me about that. Why are you comparing yourself to someone that isn't even in the same water as you, you know? Yeah. And so I, I think comparison is actually a, a good thing in, under certain umbrellas because it motivates us, you know? Right, right. If he can, I can. If she can, I can. So what you're doing is that is right in my eyes. But I, what I believe more so what Paul is comparison to is when we compare to feel better about ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think like, I, I don't know, I, I see it more as inspiration, right? right? Um, inspiration to be inspired to do something. And, and Paul really says those exact same words. He says, imitate me. As I imitate Christ. Right. Right. There's a higher standard to achieve, to get to. And let's strive for that. There's nothing wrong with pushing yourself to grow. But I think what, where we go wrong, like you said, right, is when we bring others down or also when we bring ourselves down and we devalue right. ourselves because right. Christ has valued us tremendously enough right. to give his life. And, I, and God is not content when we devalue ourselves. And devalue those that he died. Exactly. For. Exactly. Right. So, so with, with, with the heart issue in mind and testing ourselves, why we do what we do, do we do what we do? Uh, the, 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 the text moves on to verse seven, which is going to be the meat of today. It's going to he says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Why do you guys think it says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. You can't pull one over on God. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but what, is, what do you guys think he's trying to say by God can't be mocked? It's interesting he's talking about doing something, saying God can't be mocked. What, what, is, he, what is he saying God can't be mocked? Well, well, what? I like what you said. He can't pull it over on God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's clear that it says that you can't trick God. God knows your reality. God knows your heart. God knows your very situation. And yeah, you might think that by you know you compare yourself to other people or you might think you're fooling others in the way you perceive or portray yourself but you're not fooling god exactly right so the text when it says a god cannot be mocked a man reaps what he sows mm -hmm. it, it immediately makes me think that it is a mockery of god to think that i can reap something i haven't sowed or to you know expect something that you haven't sowed done anything for yeah you see what I'm saying? So yeah. how, how can I expect 
six pack abs, but never want to diet and go to the gym. That's a mockery to, to pray to God. God, I want make me rich, but I'm not willing to work. That's a mockery, man. God, I want to be closer with you, but I'm not willing to pray and, and read my Bible. That's a mockery. You know, God cannot be mocked. You know what I'm saying? A man reaps what he sows. Mm. How do y'all feel about that? How do you feel about that, Jose? <laughs> yeah, I, I was just thinking about, you know, things that, that I have seen throughout my life. For example, when you have a couple that, that like to speak about, you know, family life and, and marriage and and how to have a thriving home, et cetera, et cetera. But then later on, you find out that they got a divorce, right? Or they separated. So, you know, you may be saying things or, or doing something, but at the end of the day, in, in the four walls of your home, only you and God knows what's happening. Right. So, so you can't mock that, right? And at the end of the day, yeah, you reap what you sow, regardless of what it is that you show to the public, right? Mm -hmm. So... That, that's what came to my mind just now. And I know that there's many, many other ways that we, that we could speak about this reality. Well, I like that you go on that topic because that's really why I said if I could title this, I'd title this, you don't even know. Many of us don't even know what we're actually sowing in our lives, guys. We don't even know. Mm -hmm. So I was driving with uh, my fiance and we were, well, there's a big homeless population here in Winnipeg. And she says, uh, I, don't, I don't think she meant it this way. She said, but I don't know if I feel bad for them. They chose this life. You know, and, and a piece of me kind of got defensive because I kind of understand that lifestyle a little bit and I've worked with people like that. But I, I, it came to me and I said, yeah, they did choose this life. But I said they didn't know they were choosing this life. You know, let me let me explain. When I said to her, I said, when they first tried cocaine, they didn't know that one day they would be homeless. They, they didn't know they were planting a seed that would le eventually grow and blossom and that flower would be homelessness. You know what I'm saying? They didn't know that. I said they didn't even know the seeds that they were planting at that time. The ultimate is homelessness. And I started thinking about other things. I said, you know, when, when what dudes that struggle with pornography, they don't know that if, oh, just watching it once a week is leading to a full-blown addiction, you know? That you're planting small seeds that, that lead to a full-blown addiction. You think it's just once a week. Wait until you're a pervert and you're acting on it in real life. That started with seeds that you planted very early on. You know what I'm saying? Or or or, or you think an hour on Instagram uh, a day isn't that bad. Well, you're planting a seed to, to, to become addicted to social media, which along that is planting insecurities. And in your mind, you're comparing your life. And next thing you know, you're depressed. It all started with the seeds you're planting, man. So many times we don't even know the seeds that we're planting. And then by the time they have blossomed, we blame everybody else. Yeah. They're, they're, I think though, Cause I'm not, I'm not, I'm not at all challenged by, by reaping what you, what we sow. I think like I've been, I've been on a journey, like at least at our church, we've been reading through the Bible and been preaching on the Bible since 2018. We've been going from Genesis all the way to the end and we're in Jeremiah right now. So we've been slowly, like, I mean, really slowly going to the old Testament. And it's again, again, and again, again, you read the exact same thing. God is saying, guys, this is what, these are the consequences of our choices. These are the results of our choices. This is what's happening from your choices. I think where, where I struggle sometimes is that there are some people that like, yeah, you're right. They don't know what they're choosing, but right. there are also some people that are thrust into it. And, right. and though there is that action of choice that yes, they, they deliberately made that specific decision. Yep. There are also some people that are put in 
or are surrounded in an environment where any other choice becomes near impossible yeah. and, and more difficult. Yeah. And I think one of the things that, that at least for me has been a huge amount of solace and has been very comforting is knowing that, again, coming back to this idea of not just actions, but our intentionality, our, our spirit, our mind, our whatever, all these factors. One of my biggest comforts is knowing that God doesn't judge us solely on our actions. Right. It's not just the actions alone. But I believe that God right. judges us based on everything, based on right. our entire mentality, based on our intentionality, based on based on, on our circumstances growing up, that he takes all of those things into account. Because again, it says, right, God cannot be mocked. Right. Right. We have people that are on the surface are, are doing all the things that should be done on the outside, but inside mm-hmm. they're rotten. Right. Or, or all their good, their good deeds have ulterior motives. God's not mocked. God, God's not fooled by, by their good deeds. Right. He knows what's going on at, at the bottom of everything underneath the surface. Hmm. I think God takes all of that into account. I'd like you to expand a little more on, you know, like for the people that were in environments where they seem they didn't have another choice. Cause I believe in that as well. Yeah. I think that they're just people that are born in, in poverty, people that yeah. are born in, in social and economic situations that they don't have they have no other option that the system isn't set up to, right. to allow them to prosper, right? Yeah. That, that there are systems around them that continue to oppress and continue to marginalize. Well, and that's why what we, what we plant today, our children will, will eat off of, right? Yeah. You know, like that, that's, that's how important why what we're doing today, we spoke about this in one at a time, what we're doing today. Oh yeah. About David, how his, his decision didn't only impact him. It impacted so many other people. Right. Um, what we plant today determines what my children are going to be dealing with. You know what I mean? Because of what I'm planting today. And that's why I want to say we, there's so many things we don't even know we're planting, man, you know? And, and, uh, and, and I just wanted to really bring that up because in my life, I realized I was making a habit of eating fast food once a week, you know? And then next thing you know, it was twice a week. The next thing you know, it was three times a week. Next thing you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm overweight, man. You know? And there was all these little habits of, I don't need to read my Bible today. I don't need to read my Bible tomorrow. Next thing you know, a month has gone by and I haven't read my Bible. You know what I'm saying? I don't need to listen to a sermon today or whatever it may be. And it's like, we, we really reap what we sow. And we often talk about this on the side of, well, you know, if you want to get in shape, go to the gym. And, and I do respect that. But I really wanted to bring aware of, are there some things in our lives that we're planting that we don't even realize we're planting? Like, is there attitudes that we have in our lives that we don't even realize we're setting ourselves up to be cynical people, man? You know what yeah. I mean? Are, are I- there things I'm saying that are setting me up to be a very negative person? You know what I'm saying? That I'm not even realizing, you know, go ahead, bro. Yeah, okay. I want to divert for just just a brief second because I really want to to draw us to something that that is specifically hopeful in this context of reaping what we sow. Because I think we're going to explore this just a, a little bit more in whatever time we have left. You cannot escape the consequences of your choices. That's a reality. You, right. you read in the Bible that God always offers forgiveness, but there's still actual consequences to our choices. For example, if you murder someone, right, and you get caught and you go to court and you claim, well, Christ's blood covers me, it's like. You're right. Yes, you're forgiven. But that doesn't mean that the, that the jail sentence is then thrown away. Right. You know what I mean? There are still consequences. If you lie to your family, 
they're not going to trust you. You're going to have to rebuild that trust. If you cheat on your wife, same thing, right? There are consequences of the choices that we make beyond just the spiritual consequences, the spiritual forgiveness that we receive from Jesus. There are consequences. But when you, when you read Galatians 6, 2, right? We read that he says, carry each other's burdens. Right. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. So I want to I make it clear that not only do we reap what we sow, we can also sow things for others to reap. Right. We can sow things for others to reap when we carry other burdens. For example, just like those people who are stuck in those in those systems of oppression that that they cannot break out of, it becomes then our responsibility of those who have the privilege to then create systems for them to thrive in, to create Absolutely. systems for them to choose right. And and the very biggest example that we find um, is is the whole the, the the whole sacrifice of Jesus. I was just talking about this on Saturday, Jeremiah twelve. That God says the same thing. He says, yeah, you guys are reaping what you sow. You're destroying, you're trampling the field. So all you're going to sow is thorns. But then God says, but I will have compassion on them. But, you're right. but I will have mercy on them. Right. We sow sin and we reap destruction. But the cross of Jesus sows forgiveness. We can sow things for other people to reap. And I think that's part of the benefit and the beauty of the gospel. Yeah. Is that just indefinitely, we are always sowing sin. That's our nature. We are sinful. But the cross of Jesus mm-hmm. sows forgiveness so that we can reap the harvest of the goodness of God, regardless of how, how sinful we are. Yeah, thank you for yeah, taking Brown. us through that, because we're going to go into uh, verse 9, but go ahead, Brown, uh, Calvin. Yeah, no, I was just going to jump on what Bram was saying, because and you're going forward into verse 9. I think the depth of this chapter really comes, it starts at verse 8 and continues to verse 9. And if you're going to go start there, I basically, for me, I get it that, you know, we're talking about, you reap what you sow. The chapter before, in verse 5, it talks about living in the Spirit or experiencing life in the Spirit all, all by itself. And then this chapter talks about doing good. And we're piggybacking off of everything about you reap what you sow. Uh, but it's really talking about, you know, living in the flesh or living in the Spirit. Those two yeah. things. Right. Uh, and that's what it comes down to. Either, you know, you sow in the Spirit and you reap in the Spirit and you sow in the flesh and you reap in the flesh. And when you sow in the Spirit, uh, you're sowing things of God. Um, you know, it's faithfulness in Christ. It's, it's relationship building. Um, it's what Abraham just explained. It's experiencing life in Jesus Christ altogether. But when you reap in the flesh, or sorry, if you sow in the flesh, yeah. you're sowing things that will essentially one day destroy you. And it's not just necessarily what you're doing, but it's what you're thinking, what you're watching. Hori, you mentioned this. Um, and a lot of it happens in our, you know, I like that you brought up the comparison factor because in this chapter, it, it uses comparison to, to relate to the harvest itself. And that's why I think that, you know, this book started off with by mentioning the comparison factor, because he uses the word comparison to reflect that, you know, we are like the harvest and you only reap what you sow uh, because your efforts are putting into it. It's not that, you know, we are comparing ourselves to other people. You can't. I always get to this point where I have a point and then it just goes away. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you continue, man. Continue reading verse verse nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know, you know, today I was just very impressed as it was made clear in my life about I'm planting things I don't even realize. And that today I'm planting something that I will struggle with tomorrow. You know, we've mentioned lust, the struggle of lust in this podcast. That stuff started when we were nine, 10 years old. You know what I mean? We didn't know that we'd suffer with that stuff when we were 30 years old, you know, insecurity started a long time ago. We didn't know. And so what I want for, you know, if you're listening, uh, you know, I prayed and I say, God, show me things I'm planting. I don't even realize I'm planting, but for, and, but also for us that are on the journey and we're, we're in that battle of 
man, I'm 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 struggling, I'm falling. Man, that that that's okay. Like Bram said, we're not just judged off of our action, you know. Uh where where is our heart? And verse nine goes in to say this it says, let us not become weary in doing good. Throughout the whole struggle of this, guys, I know it's an aggressive message, but throughout the whole struggle of this, I, I I'm I'm believing that we are all striving to be better, you know? Right. Yeah. I look in the mirror and I say, man, I don't like that about me. I'm going to work on that. And I, and I failed today, you know, before this podcast, I had to apologize to my mom, you know, because the Lord said, you better apologize to her before you start going up there to teach, you know, <laughs> right. And it says, mm-hmm. you know, just let us not grow weary. Let us not become weary in doing good. And because doing good does become weary when, when we're, when we're so used, when we're so, when we have some plants that we have to pull out, you know? Because pulling them out is weary. You know what I'm saying, Calvin? I got right? you. I got you. Dealing, I dealing with those roots, dealing with those roots is tiresome. You know tiresome. what I mean? Right? Like especially, it's especially when they grow back or especially when you're, you're continually pulling them back out. And you're feeling yeah, like you're, you're continually planting them. Right. Right. <laughs> right? They keep going because we keep planting them, you know? And yeah, that's a good word, bro. If you talk about the weed factors, you know, if you don't pluck it out from the root, Right. And, and completely remove it. It's going to grow back. For sure. For sure. And and I just want to really um, encourage you guys, you guys here and those listening that, you know, don't grow weary because he goes on to say in for the for that the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we don't give up, man, if we don't give up. That's right. You know, you ask the Lord, Lord, what are things I've planted in my life that shouldn't be in my life? What are attitudes I have in my life? What are things in my, what are shows I'm addicted to that shouldn't be in my life? You know, what are some things that I'm doing? Me me and Elliot here, we play chess for money. And, you know, I remember sharing with him. I said, I don't know if we can keep doing that now for a while, you know, because we were, we were planting a plant that was kind of consuming us for a little while, you know. See, Elliot mm. hasn't talked this whole podcast because this boy is convicted, mm. you know. <laughs> and, and it's, uh, it's good to be aware. It's good to be aware of these things. And that's why earlier, you know, I really like how Bram was touching says, you know, when you, when you test your own action, is this action producing a positive fruit? You know, is it producing a positive fruit? If I plant it again, what will it produce? Mm. So it says, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so don't grow weary in doing good. If you're doing good, don't grow weary, even though it's tiresome. And when I apologize to my mom, I'm going to be real to you guys. I didn't want to apologize, but I'm trying to be a better man. Mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. I want to go and do those things I don't want to do, but I'm trying to be a better man. And by the God's grace, you know, he gives me that strength. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's like, I mean, I'm just looking outside my window. It's kind of dark right now, but I live on an orchard. And so I see peaches and plums and apples and cherries being, being grown, you know, and, and they all have their different season of harvest. You know, and, right. and like even just now, like there's a whole grove of apple trees that they cut down at the, to plant cherry trees because they're more profitable. And the cherry trees, it's been four years now and they're not tall enough to produce fruit, but they know that it's beneficial in the long run. And so there are, there are going to be things in our life that we're planting now that we're not going to see fruit for a while. That's right. Consistent it, knowing that it'll pay off in the long run. And, right. and I just want to say that there are some things, honestly, aren't going to pay off in this world. Hmm. And, and that's a reality, you know, but they pay off in the next. And that's part of the hope of the Bible is that whatever doesn't happen here happens in the next life, right? That there are good things coming in the next life. 
yeah and, and 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 yeah in the next life but even those things that we don't see the fruits of this life i think the fruit is seen in our character you yeah know? or someone else benefits from the fruit that we've we planted too you know exactly exactly and i really like what you said like there's there's a different time for different things and and that's why we can't grow weary because there's just a different time for different things yeah you know different seasons for different things stages of our lives right but if we if we don't grow weary and keep doing good, we will reap the harvest that we're planting towards. And so I guess I, I want to close with a question before I close the question is what are you planting? What are you planting for? I understand you want things in 2021 and that's great. Uh, do you have hopes or do you have goals? You know, do you hope something's going to happen or do you have a goal that it's going to happen? And mm. if you have a goal, do you have a plan? I hope to get in shape. Well, frick, man, I hope to go to Mars, you know, <laughs> do, do, or do you have a plan to get in shape? Right. I mentioned this last time. There's a difference between motion and action. Are you just talking about it, which is motion or are you taking action, which is a plan, you know? So that's number one. Number two, if you know, ask yourself, are the things that are in my life now, what kind of plant will that produce? If I'm always on Netflix, man, I'm, I'm getting a Netflix addiction. If I'm always on social media, this is what's happening. And write it down. What's happening to me as a result of some of these things? And what do I got to do or how do I balance it? You know, I know Calvin, he just is taking a fast from social media, right? You know, I'm sure something you did something along these lines of saying, hey, this isn't the fruit that I want right now, you know? Yeah, I just realized I was consuming, consuming my time and energies and just stepping away really allowed them to focus on what I want. You know, I want to share a testimony before you even close, Jorge. I remember when I first started ministry in 2016, um, you know, I asked you, bro, what are the keys to success? Or you actually came to me one day, I had this conversation, you're like, Calvin, I'm going to tell you something right now. Overcome that struggle today hmm. or affect you tomorrow. Right. And I was like, bro, what are you talking about? What struggle? You, don't, you, don't, you didn't talk to me about my struggle. You had no idea what I was struggling with, but you spoke at, out of a place of, hey, I know there's struggles, and if you yeah. don't overcome them today, they're going to affect you tomorrow. And you said, the thing I wish, because you've been in ministry for two years or so prior to me stepping into ministry, and you said, the thing I wish I had overcome or um, overcame prior to stepping into ministry would make me even a more powerful preacher was this one thing. You know, the thing we talked about back then. And I should have listened to you back then, because had I overcome that thing, then I probably would have been more influential in my ministry, uh, more productive in ministry. But years down the line, I realized how that little thorn became yeah. a huge plank, For you know, sure. and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm praising God today that that same thing that we struggled with or I struggled with then isn't the same struggle I have anymore. But I'm also praising God because this year, my birthday, you said something about, I think you sent me a message and said it's preparation season because hmm. I do believe there's power in, in claiming victory over, over your past, over your experiences, but also claiming, claiming victory into your new promises and that, you know, you're going to reap good things this year because you're going to sow good things. And you mentioned the plan. If you don't plan to do it, you're not going to do it. But if you plan it and you do it, you will reap the blessing. So yeah. thank you, brother. Thank you for uh, that great word of advice back four years ago. <laughs> it, yeah, it totally came out. It's <laughs> never too late to start planning good things, right? That's exactly. right. I just want 2021 for all of us to be sharper, to be better. You know what I mean? To be better leaders, better husbands, better sons, better, better people. And that, that happens with what we're allowing in our lives, you know? So uh, anybody have any closing thoughts? Elliot, we haven't heard from you at all. I, I, this guy's been crying in the back, but. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I'm silent. I know the users, I am your favorite. But, 
So it's been tough to not hear from me today. But yeah, I mean, a lot of different thoughts came to my mind. And actually, I read the next chapter after and, and Paul was saying, if you guys are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will have no benefit to you. I say it again. He has to say it again. If you're requiring circumcision to make you right, it will be no benefit to you. I think what's happening is, is that they were measuring the outward actions instead mm-hmm. of the inward actions or intentions, right? Mm-hmm. And what I'm thinking about when we say, well, harvest or we'll reap what we sow, it, it really comes down. And yeah, as Jose would say, I, I say it's a hard issue because what came out of me that is good is what was in me. And, and similarly, what was in me from like you guys were saying when I'm eight years old nine years old is now maybe only coming out now but it's been Mm. it's been in me for a while right and I've been sowing into it and I've been sowing into it and now it's always coming coming out so people are asking themselves oh why am I why am I doing this you got to look way back sometimes and say whoa like it was uh when I was eight years old that someone did this to me right Mm -hmm. so uh, this sowing I think I look at the outward and think it can be diagnosed very quickly, yep. but really it's, it's past trauma for maybe when I was a kid, when my parents got divorced or, or X, Y, and Z. Right. So similarly, if I'm not reaping good, I have to ask myself what's preventing me from doing that. What am I sowing into me and, and really going deeper. And, and that's what happened. That's why the Galatians are the way they were. They were, they were looking so superficially and they needed to go deeper to see what they're harvesting so i don't know that's just my thoughts i mean i, I really didn't have anything to interject throughout but that just kind of was going through my mind and hopefully someone relates to me but that's really all i got and and yeah i don't know what do you guys that's all. there's one i guess one thing that i want to add here thank you for sharing that elliot there is definitely things that you know that that we reap today that were planted as elliot said when we were six seven eight etc but one thing that I notice here in the upcoming verse is verse eight, actually, which we kind of went over. Yeah. It says in, in the second part well, of that. Calvin I, touched on it, but yeah. Right, right. Uh, it says, but those who live to please the Spirit will yeah. harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. I like that it says that those who live to please the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that is basically saying those who live for Christ, right? Those who live for God. And, and, and I believe that there are things that, that we're currently, I guess, we, we have this, this thought patterns, these patterns of life that have been so like ingrained in us. Like, this is just how we are, right? Uh, and we, we want to know how to move forward from here, like how to change, how to be better. Uh, and that's why I love scripture, because in scripture, we're able to see what is that better life, right? Uh, and we have a God that I believe is like a good father. And, and he's always speaking to us from a place of love, wanting to improve us and to make us not just better, but actually to transform us, yeah. right? So as we move on from here, at least for me, this is something that I'm taking from this discussion today. I, I know that there are things in me that I want to change. How do I start? And I think that the first step for me is to recognize, <laughs> right? It comes back to our last conversation, but, but recognize that God wants to restore me. Uh, and when I turn to him, he speaks to me through his word. And then I say, okay, Lord, this is what you want from me. Even though I may not want to do it, I may not know how to. I'm going to reach out to you. I'm going to ask for your direction, Lord. And I'm going to live for you. I want to I wanna please, as it says here, I want to please this spirit. I want to listen to you and follow what you're saying. So I think this is a good thing, at least for me. 
right? Yeah. And victory is a lifetime thing, right? You know, yeah. God isn't in a rush to, to I, I, he's not in a rush for you to experience that tomorrow. Like he wants you to experience it with longevity. God is a God of longevity, you know, and that's why in the next verse, don't grow weary while doing good. Don't grow weary while I'm working on you, you know, it's like the Lord saying, don't grow weary while I'm working on you. Just be willing to be worked on, be willing to keep, you know, being aware, recognizing the situations and careful what you're planting, you know? So no, thank you guys for, for, for listening and, uh, and interacting. And, and yeah, I just want to close with prayer. Uh, Bram, would you uh, pray for us, man? Sure. Yeah. Let's pray. God, I want to ask that you would help us to recognize where it is in our life that we are sowing wickedness. We might be sowing evil. We might be sowing harm for ourselves in the future, harm for others even, Help us to realize where the brokenness starts and help us to be willing and be humble enough to, to ask for, for your power, for your strength to, to move in the direction that leads us to healing, that leads us into forgiveness in you, and that leads us into, into your grace. God, we thank you that you're a God who is just so tremendously compassionate that no matter how often we sow wickedness and, and evil and sin, you are always willing to give us forgiveness. You're always willing to move us into something better. And so, God, I just pray that you would help us to respond to your to your grace and to move into better things. Help us to have victory in our lives and the things that are that are bringing us down. And God, I just pray that you would help us to to carry each other's burdens, like Paul says, for those who are kind of reaping what they have sown. Help us to be the helping hand, help us to be the hands of Jesus that extend the grace and the forgiveness and the compassion and the help and the restoration. So God, we thank you for being an amazing God who has sown forgiveness so that we could reap the benefit of your blessing in your holy and precious name. We pray in the name of Jesus. We say, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on the prayer room podcast. Make sure you subscribe to be notified of new episodes wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also follow us on Instagram at The Prayer Room Podcast. If you'd like to send the team an email with questions or suggestions for future episodes, you can reach us at prayerroompodcast at gmail.com.